the Monday Rewind. Welcome to the Monday Rewind and happy Easter to you all. I'm Raf Giallo and you can get in touch by email at mondayrewind at newstalk.com or if you're on Twitter, you can get in touch with regular host Oshin Langan, at Oshin Langan on Twitter that is, or with myself as well, at Raftastico. Oshin's away today, um, just needed a few more days to digest the news that uh, the Easter Bunny is in fact a commercial fictional character rather than uh, an actual real historical figure, so he's just uh, digesting that news now, so... Anyway, plenty happened over the weekend, specifically great goals. So that was Jermaine Defoe's goal for Sunderland against Newcastle. That's fairly important in terms of trying to stay away from relegation, but you know, there were so many to choose from. You know, you Charlie Adam, Zamora, Rooney, Sanchez, Cambiasso's goal as well. All these kind of probably would have been contenders for goal of the month had Adam not scored his. But um, today on the Rewind, we'll focus on GA and rugby. The Alliance League saw their final rounds yesterday with some interesting developments in Division 1 and 2. Tyrone went down to Division 2 along with Derry, while Roscommon and Down go up. Kildare also suffered consecutive relegations to join Westmead in the third tier. All right, so we're joined by Tommy Rooney of Off the Ball to review the Alliance, uh, the well, the entire Alliance League, really. Um, especially now, I suppose when we look back at this weekend, it was confirmed like Tyrone went down. Um, how much can we really read into all of this, though? You know, is it a disaster for them, or is it just you know a minor blip? How's it going, Ralph? Um I kind of go in the middle of it. I wouldn't say it's a disaster, and I'd say it's more than a minor blip because you know this is a this isn't the Tyrone team of the noughties, you know, when they when they had the backbone of underage teams and underage success. And they won three All-Irelands. Like, this is a different kind of Tyrone team. Like, you still have your Sean Cavanaghs and your Petey Hertz. But there's a lot of lads just finding themselves in this team. And Division 1 is a big thing. Division 1 football is a big thing. Now, Division 2, it's competitive, but it's not the same. Everyone wants to be in Division 1. And in terms of Tyrone's development this year or next year, you know... It's a it's a big it's a big drop down to Division Two, um, but then again, as people say, it's it's the league lock, so it's it's the championship that the Tyrone are obviously going to be focusing on. But it's more term, in terms of their long term development under Mickey Hart. Once again, like this new team, this this transformation again, you know, Division One is a big thing for them. Yeah, um, I suppose in terms of development as well, this is uh, like we'll switch to another Ulster County, Donegal. This is their first uh, year under Rory Gallagher. Are we seeing any changes from what Jim McGuinness would have been doing? Is there kind of stylistic things that have uh, developed? Um, I don't think there'll be too many changes with Donegal. I think what McGuinness did was he got a group of lads in Donegal and he he, he kind of he made them what they were. And this is this is really what this Donegal team are like. They, this is how they play. This is how they love their football. This is how they want to play. They know they can beat teams like this with their intensity. And, you know, this this defensive breaking football. Um, Rory Gallagher, you know, he's, pr- he's probably the same ilk of McGinnis as well. Like, he was involved in the first couple of years too. So I don't think there's going to be any drastic changes. You know, it's 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 brilliant for them that they, they've made it into the quarterfinals this year because, you know, when a new man comes in, you need that little bit of a... You want that burst of life to come to yeah. the county, you know? You know, it may owe, you know, lost last year in the semi-final. 
bringing in a new management team this year of Canelli and Pat Holmes, they would have, they would have needed that that little bit of fresh blood coming in, that little bit of um, burst of life. But it didn't happen. Like they they kind of stagnated this year. They kind of limped through the league. Donegal, I saw Donegal against Dublin, and I thought they were very unlucky. You know, Dublin Dublin obviously used a lot of players this league, and they blooded a lot of their own. But it was in Croker, and it was just before they went away in that mid-season break to Dubai that a lot of people were talking about. Donegal were very unlucky. They, they could have easily won that game as well. So, you know, it's been a decent league campaign for Donegal. Well, they do. They have reached the semi-final stage, and they will be playing Cork. But mm. you mentioned uh, Mayo in there in terms of stagnating. What are the real issues there? I mean, is it, was it just a case that they're not maybe taking the league seriously, or they're just trying to use it as a development platform? Oh, I don't know. Um, I mean, whether to take it yeah. seriously? No, I'd say they are taking it seriously because it's a big thing for Kennelly and Holmes in their yeah. first year to kind of get get off a good start. But I suppose they brought in a decent amount of players as well, but there's not really been a huge turnover of players in me over the last couple of years. Like I know they brought in Mark Ronaldson, who would have been a big fixture in the Canadian homes in their under twenty one team when they were involved in that ticket. But I don't know how much of an impact he's made either. Like he's he Mayo's forwards, the scoring forwards are still the same. They're still relying on Kieran O'Connor. Kevin McLaughlin still comes from the half forward line, Jason Doherty. You know, um in the in the half back line I suppose they brought in Stephen Cohen. But I don't think he's going to be there come championship. You know, he's he's a young player that's coming on. His development's been good. But the likes of Adam Gallagher kind of showed a bit of a bit of gusto in last year's league. He's been dropped off the panel. Um, you know, there doesn't seem to be a, a steady stream of players coming through. That fresh fresh blood that a team like Mayo needs, like it just it just doesn't seem to be there. You know, because it is small margins. I mean, they were unlucky not to reach. Uh last year's All-Ireland final and I suppose yeah. they've always been there or thereabouts so I suppose it's just a question they're just missing that little spark I guess Where's that Where's that 5% going to come from? Yeah. You know I just I didn't see it in this league campaign where it's going to come from but you never know like it's and see Connacht this year as well Roscommon are a coming team and they've been knocking on that door and that was huge for them to get to Division 1 Yeah we'll, t- we'll touch on them in a wee bit as well because I think that's very interesting but what's I, coming I just, up yeah. I just don't think Mayo are going to have it their whole, all their own way as they have done over the last couple of years in Connacht this year Yeah well and especially I think last year Roscommon ran them close didn't they as well they in Connacht so yeah. that's uh, you know that's interesting but I wanted to kind of touch on a couple of other teams in Division 1 Cork for example you know <laughs> how much like I know I was asking how much can we read into Tyrone mm-hmm. how much can we read into Cork you know topping the table You kind of have to laugh at Cork a little bit because it is so hard to read into it like you know, Derry for the last couple of years were a league team, but then this year Derry completely flopped in the league like that. They were, you know, they they just couldn't keep up with the intensity of Division One. Cork, you know, Cupboard would have learned a lot last year. Maybe you know, not maybe they were naive against Kerry last year, and Kerry were, you know, as Kerry are, they were cute. They 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 played Cork right the way they wanted to play them in that monster final, um, and Cupboard definitely learned a lot. Like it was his, la- his first year last year. Massive thing for Cork this year was Colin O'Neill being pretty much player of the Division One. Yeah. Like he was absolutely phenomenal, and that's brilliant to see. Um, you know they lost Aidan Walsh to the hurlers, but you know they've they're kind of. I don't think Cork are are up there with Kerry and you know put Mayo and Dublin and Donegal. I don't Donegal really. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think Cork. I think Cork are still in that kind of that second tier of teams going so the, behind the top three or four yeah, they're, kind of the top, the, they're still kind of behind they're, they're missing a little bit extra as well um, but you know teams you know they can they can push on now in this league campaign it'll be a big thing for them psychologically to, to kind of win Division 1 this year last year they threw away massive leads against Dublin and that was psychologically a big blow so they'll have to push on now and just kind of cement this has been a very good league campaign 
Uh, what about Kerry? Um, I mean, there there is a kind of maybe a psychological boost that obviously Colin Cooper is back. Big time. And he'll obviously be building up his fitness. Paul yeah. Galvin, I'm not sure how we'll pivotal that is as well. We'll have to see how that one goes. But, you know, that's that's a big thing as well. That's it's still, like, they won their All-Ireland last year, but it's, it's still a young Kerry team. They still have to build on it, you know. And looking at the Kerry 15 that Fitzmaurice has named over the, the seven weeks or so, it's been a strong side every week. You know, Stephen O'Brien is coming in. Barry John Keane is getting his game time. He was taken off after 15 minutes yesterday. You know, this, these these lads, they don't want that to be happening. They want to be pushing on and cementing their places. Kerry's number six fours. And, like, you have Tommy Walsh, Colin Cooper, Paul Galvin. They're all coming back. They're all going to be knocking on that door. They're all, you know, that bit older. Yeah. So the younger lads have to step up. And I think it's been a good campaign for Kerry. Yeah, um, what a, Monaghan obviously as well. I, I suppose for a county of their, like I'm not taking the proverbial out of them, but I mean, if, if for counties like for where I'm from and things like that, it does Monaghan. give me a bit of hope to see a county like that holding their own in Division One. There you go, Monaghan have got something right over the last few years. They really have been, you know, under Banty in the in the mid 2000s, they were knocking on the door, and you know they were they were lucky against Kerry, but you know they seem to be really solid right now. And they they have a really strong fifteen, and they have a couple of young lads coming through as well that are really adding to that. You know, they got beaten, they got beaten fairly well by Dublin yesterday, but they're playing them next week in the quarter final, and I guarantee you, there'll be a different Monaghan out that day. There'll be, you know, there'll be a there'll be a stronger Monaghan team with a stronger backbone. Hopefully, you know, they they were they lost last year and last year's quarter final heavily as well to Dublin. So also, it's it's psychologically it's a big thing as well just to get something up in Dublin because you know Dublin. Dublin have been quietly improving throughout the league. I think they were lucky early on in a couple yeah. of games. You know, they could have found themselves in a relegation scrap if a couple of other things went their way. But Jim Gavin would be delighted with how things have gone because you know, if you were if you were to, to name some of them Dublin certain fifteen at the start of the year, people would have laughed at you, but like the likes of John Small has really stood up. Um Culligan has kind of made a name for himself this year in the county scene. So it's you know, it's it's been good for Dublin too. For Monin, you know, preserving that division one status was absolutely huge. It'll be the same story for the teams that come up next year. It's, it's such a big team to kind of get that consistency going. So, you know, they'll be happy regardless of, you know, yesterday's result in, in Clonus. They'll be happy with what they've done so far. Now, we've seen Derry and Tyrone going down. Mm. Now, in the op- opposite direction, I know you wanted to touch on Roscommon and themselves yeah. and down have gone up. Now, from what I know about my neighbouring county, uh, they've in terms of the underage, they've done very, very well in terms of developing players. Are we starting to see the culmination of all of that now, or at least the start of something maybe that a new generation will give Roscommon a boost for the next few years? I hope so, because it's um it's really exciting. You know, it's it's fantastic to see a county, you know, it's two thousand three they were last division one. And they had a brilliant team that time with Francis Grahan and Frankie Dolan and Shamie O'Neill and for whatever reason it just you know, it, it faded away. Panels were cleared, things happened. And Roscommon, a couple of years later, found themselves being beaten by my own goal by 20 points. Yeah. And that's that's terrible. Like, Roscommon have a fantastic support. They love their football down there. Everyone loves their football, everybody, but Roscommon people really love their football. And they've got something right in the last few years. The one that I learned in 2000, on Titan Tommy Walsh's carry, and from there they've really built on it. And that's, that, that has to be the platform for other counties to look at that and go, what are we doing wrong? Like, how can Roscommon get it so right? And it's not that they've just got it so right. They haven't just got a steady stream of decent footballers coming through. They've got class footballers coming through in Roscommon. Like Jim Amerta is going to be one of the best footballers in the country. He is like he's just he's just so good. Um they've got some brilliant footballers coming through. Enda Smith, such a good footballer. His brother Donny's there. There's so many lads that have just they've 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 
had success underage. They've had a success at collegiate level, at school level, Roscommon are giving good now. Division 1 for them now is such a huge team because it's a young team. They're used to beating the cream of the crop. They're used to coming up against Dublin and the best their own teams and they're used to beating them at their age group. But now it's it's senior like it's 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 going to be so big for the, their development to um you know to maintain a consistency in division 1. I think it'll be different to, you know, Westmead they went up and they lost every game and they've gone down again this year. That's a big blow because it was a good Westmead crop that was coming yeah. through as well. You know, you had the likes of John Hessen and Jerry Egan. And that was a decent young team. And they've just been dealt these huge blows of confidence. And, you know, Tommy Cribben was out giving them stick. His man, I saw man that actually. It was, uh, it was quite blunt what he kind of came out with. Very blunt. And, you know, a manager can't come in and fix everything, but he's got to look at himself as well. Like, he's coming in and there's a, there's a really talented bunch of footballers in Westmead. And so they're just. They're not getting. They're not getting the best out of them at all, um, and it's terrible for them to drop down to Division Three. And as bad as it is for Kildare as well, like yeah. Kildare would bounce back a lot easier. You know, it's been blow after blow for Westmead in the last couple of years, and they're going to have to turn it around somehow. Just on Kildare as well, I guess. Uh, you know, obviously they were in Division One last year. It's mm. been a bit of a, a a very quick fall from grace. Now you said they'll probably bounce back more. Well, obviously they will bounce back quicker than Westmead, but. Yeah. Like, are there issues there? I know Jason Ryan's in charge. Yeah, like, we we did a piece on Off the Ball a couple of weeks ago where, where we, we could kind of, we knew Galera were in trouble, like, everyone knew Galera were in trouble. And, you know, they were playing a style that just didn't seem to suit them this year. And it's not like they're trying players. Like, they're they're bringing in players, they're trying different players all the time. I just, I don't know. Like, maybe it's the same as me. They've just stagnated with this, with the the same personnel that's been in there over the last couple of years, but Jason Ryan is just something, something's gone really wrong in there this year. It's like, I don't know whether it's a lack of heart or it's, I wouldn't say it's a lack of heart maybe, but it's, jeez, it was, it was, it was, it's been a very poor league campaign for him. Yeah, and uh, I suppose I want to end on your own county, Mead. I'm sure you have plenty to say on them. Like, they just missed out on promotion, but I mean, this is a county traditionally, you know, one of the best. Yeah, like, well, tradition is tradition, you know. But Mead, it's been a good campaign for Mead. It's been a decent campaign, you know. There, you know, we were unlucky, and I'm sure a lot, I'm sure everyone's gutted that they didn't just nick it into Division One. But you know what? They've blooded a lot of young lads. You know, they brought in the likes of young James McEntee, um, Joey Wallace got more game time this year. Pork Harnan has been playing centre forward, and then you have Conor Gillespie returning, and Shane O'Rourke returning, and Stephen Bray's had a good league campaign. And Eamon Wallace is back after his injury last year. And they were huge losses last year. They were such big losses against Dublin in that Leinster final last year. So, you know, it's, it's been a good league campaign for Mikko Dowd. Um, you know, Kevin Riley's back too. Brian Menton's really stood up. Andrew Tormey's stood up. It's, it's been a really positive campaign at times. You know, threw away a seven-point lead against Leash. Lost to Roscommon away. Um, pulled it out of the bag against Cavan yesterday. I know there was a lot of wides kicking that game, but... It's been a decent campaign, and Division 2 next year is going to be just as competitive. You've got Armagh coming up, you've got Tyrone coming down, Derry's going to be there next year too. It's, it, it, there is a big difference. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not quite sure if, if Mead are, this Mead team is ready to take on the likes of Dublin and Cork and Kerry. I know it would be great for them, and I'd, you know, I'd love it, but maybe they just need another year. Like, it was two third-place finishes in a row, and there's a reason to finish third. Like, you know, people can say it, it's, it's harsh, it's the head-to-head, but the head-to-head saved Mead a couple of years ago, and we could have been relegated to Division 3. Yeah. Like, Mead three or four years ago we're on the precipice of being relegated Paddy Rourke said the penalty results went our own way against you know we bet for mana it, it, it just worked out for us and they've kind of they've, they've turned it around Big, they really have turned it around but whatever about last year's bad defeat to Dublin but 
you know, it's been a good couple of months for me getting the boys back, bringing in a couple of more young lads. Brian Powers, come on, Conor McGill has stood up a full back. It's it's positive for me these days. Yeah, in terms of like the short term goals for me as well. I mean, Dublin's obviously the target when it comes to Leinster, but I suppose that's a bit unrealistic to expect them to turn them over. No, I wouldn't say it's unrealistic at all. Maybe really? that's just the stubbornness of me speaking, but <laughs> I really think that um, you know, if me get it right and if they have their 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 best fifteen out there, they have their their, their strong bench. It's, it's important against Dublin to have your strong. Like me, can't be missing Conor Gillespie. Yeah. And Shane O'Rourke and Stephen Bray and Kevin Riley and Brian Menton and Donald Kogan or Paddy Rock, any of them. If any of them are missing, like that's the, the spine of this mid team. You know, Dublin are going to come through. You know, Dublin brought back maybe Connolly and Flynn a couple of times this year. They'd be a different animal, of course. Yeah. You know, the Dublin are Dublin are the best team hand down in the country. But I'd never say it's unrealistic for me to beat Dublin, never. Well, look, I always thought it was kind of unrealistic to expect Leitrim to go and beat teams like that now, and actually it is. But sure. Ah, you never know. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Take never. Lee Federer's Commons book. Well, look, they're they're bigger county population wise as well, you know. And well, listen, Raph, you, you can't always um, you can't always make excuses. You gotta you gotta get something right. Ah, I love a good excuse. You know that. So uh, thanks for Tommy for uh, joining us. No problem. Okay, that was Tommy on the Allianz leagues and what we can kind of draw out of them. Uh, meanwhile, Hurling's version of Hogwarts, St. Kieran's, won their 20th Crow Cup title over the weekend with a one fifteen to one twelve victory over Thurless CBS. Adrian Ronan is a former pupil of the college and a two-time All-Ireland winner with Kilkenny. He watched the game for KCLR but afterwards reviewed the match and talked about Kilkenny's league and upcoming championship campaign with Ushin. Adrian Ronan, former Kilkenny hurler. Before we talk about uh, Kilkenny and their league campaign and uh, I suppose look ahead to the championship, let's talk about the All-Ireland Colleges final. We've just seen St Kieran's College beat Thurless CBS in the uh, Crow Cup final 115 to 112 here in Thurless. A thoroughly entertaining game. Yeah, very good game and again the Kieran's I suppose for Kilkenny followers a very good win for Kieran's. Um, there was a lot expected out of this team. There was backbone by uh, 9 or 10 All-Ireland winning minors and 9 or 10 um, Kieran's players that won All-Ireland so the expectations were there and they delivered, the boys delivered today and they were captain by uh, Sean Morrissey of Venice Bridge and of course when we mentioned Venice Bridge you know it was backbone by a lot of Venice Bridge players but the expectations were there and it was a great win for Kieran's and a great platform for Kilkenny again and the production line of St Kieran's continues and indeed Kilkenny because you know it's Kieran's but it's also a lot of the clubs yeah there was a concern over the last couple of years probably since 2010 when we won the All-Ireland last you know the three or four years that the production line maybe might be as good as we'd like it but certainly in the last year and last 16 or 18 months that production line is, has improved and I think to be fair to uh, uh, underage development work in Kilkenny that they know the next few years in Kilkenny our expectations are high at, at 15, 16, 17 and minor at level in, in Kilkenny so uh, Kilkenny as I mentioned while we might have had a few notable retirements in the last few years the guys from 17 are from 15 upwards there is expectations in Kilkenny hurling What about the league campaign how do you reflect on it overall now they stayed in Division 1A the aim though was to probably win the competition Yeah well under Brian Cody the, the aim is to win every year but I mean you have to be realistic bear in mind who we lost during the year you know we lost five key players you know notably obviously um, in Tommy and JJ serious players legends of the game and then we had we were made to do without obviously the Ballyhale contingent that meant uh, and then we were down 9 or 10 and then we obviously had the Richie Powers and the old Larkas Jackie Tyrrell was injured so considering what we were short all year and who we were short um, you know to, 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 stay in, to, to stay in Division 1 was huge for Kilkenny and I think to unearth a few new players that's what Brian Cody's aim was and we did unearth a few new players and notably I suppose Kevin Kelly What stood out about Kevin? I suppose Kevin you know, has been coming into Kilkenny hurling over the last couple of years he was a very uh, 
very good minor one in All Ireland 2010 and 20, 2011, 2012, I suppose, didn't deliver like he'd like to, you know, and, you know, had a difficult year or two uh, in personal circumstances, but now has delivered. But there's, again, Brian Cody, as we all know, held him back in reserve for the relegation final, but he's just one player that Kilkenny, have, as I said, has unearthed. You know, Young Prendergast has done very well and won't be, you know, won't lose his place, will be in fighting for his place. Joey Holden, huge expectations with him, and then the contribution of John Joe Farrell, I suppose, up front and Mark Kelly. So, Kilkenny, at the end of the league happened, Brian Cody will be happy. He's now has, you know, probably was a bit concerned that maybe he hadn't uh, five guys that he could trust or, you know, after who he's lost. But he's now found five players that he can trust in his panel. The same question applied to maybe Brian Hogan and JJ Delaney and lads like that when they decided to retire. But maybe it kind of doubly applies to Henry. You're not just losing him on the pitch. You're losing him around the camp. Yeah. So how difficult... Will that be how how big a blow is it to Kilkenny that Henry has gone, even if he wasn't going to be starting every game? Yeah, no, he's he's a, obviously, I mean, being the most outstanding player of his generation, he's obviously a huge loss to the to the dressing room. But I mean, you'd hear the Kilkenny players particularly, you know, there's a lot of experience in that dressing room, and they'd have learned an awful lot from the likes of Henry, and they'll carry that mantle or that torch that Henry was, you know, might might have delivered. So I don't expect, of course, he's a huge loss, but I think the players, you know, when you think look around, you see Michael Fenley, Colin Fenley, and of course the hurler of the year and Richie Hogan and TJ Reid. The huge, there's still a massive experience in Kilkenny, and what we must remember, I think, and that's what we all forget, we've only. I shouldn't say we've only, but we've lost one player from the team that started all Ireland in, J- in JJ Delaney. Okay, again, another outstanding player of his generation. But Kilkenny haven't gone anywhere. There's what talks of Kilkenny in transition. Yeah. We've lost members off the panel and serious members yeah. in Tommy and Taggy and Brian Hogan. But still, we've only lost one player that started the all Ireland replay against Tipperary. So yeah. Kilkenny are still going to be there and thereabouts if they can stay injury free. Generally, when we talk about Kilkenny in transition, from my point of view in Waterford, it tends to be going from, from good to better. Um, what about the opponents to Kilkenny trying to take Kilkenny's crown this year the Liam McCarthy Cup Tip are the I suppose outstanding favourites outside of Kilkenny at the moment yeah well at this stage and with the league to play for the quarterfinals to come you'd expect that Tipperary are, Tipperary are the team obviously to beat and the championship but again when Kilkenny Leinster is obviously now opened up you know Wexford are doing very well Wexford have to come to Nolan Park to play the first round our quarter for Leicester or semi-final that'll be interesting Wexford will never fear coming to Kilkenny never fear Nolan Park so Wexford have you know they'll have a lot of games played by then that'll be obviously against against Kilkenny um, but looking outside of that and then Dublin and Galway obviously are, are you know Galway of yeah. Dublin are coming under Gerald Cunningham so Leinster is going to be very interesting this year because maybe there is a slight uh, worry about Kilkenny's uh, not worry but Kilkenny followers and Kilkenny Mamet have solved the number three this, this, the position but Outside of that, then of course you have the Tipperary and Corks and Clares. I mean, the Munster Championship is wide open. We're back in the pack, and the pack is getting closer and tighter together. So it's going to be a great championship. Just a quick look ahead to the league semi-finals: Waterford taking on Tip and uh, Cork up against Dublin. Yeah, well, the excitement for us is now that we're looking in from the outside is the Waterford. How good are Waterford? I mean, this is a big test for Waterford. They've done very well. There's a great, seems to be a great vibe in Waterford. I mean, there's a, they're, they're obviously the. The, everyone's favourite everyone if anyone could outside their own county could wish to see a team winning in all Ireland it'd say it's Waterford they haven't delivered over the last 10 years or 15 years or 30 years whatever but in the last few years you know the likes of the great Waterford team in the last 10-15 years haven't delivered but they were everyone's favourite I think that's a big game for Waterford to see really how far have they come because Tip are the farm team but Tip want to win one they need to win one for their confidence 
I have a funny feeling that is that being played in Turles I'm not sure double header in Nolan Park double header in Nolan Park I should have known that yeah double header in Nolan Park but Waterford have a good record in Nolan Park they won a, an all Ireland in 92 I think in yeah, under 21 I know it's exciting to see now how good Waterford are you know and of course Cork are you know a farm team they're Jekyll and Hyde you know at this stage but uh, again the Tipperary and Waterford I think is, 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 is going to be the, the big match but Dublin will, will expect a big lock Jerry Cunningham probably will be playing against his own home team but um, the team for me is Waterford to see how good they are Adrian Rowland, thanks for speaking to the Rewind podcast on News Talk. Man, thanks, Oshin. That was Adrian Ronan. Uh, now to rugby. Leinster know they have a daunting task against Toulon in the Champions Cup semi final. Off the balls, Dave McIntyre caught up with Leinster head coach Matt O'Connor and their captain Jamie Heaslip after the win over Bath. But he also spoke to Bath's Peter Stringer, who got a rapturous response on his return to home shores. <coughs> Peter, you've had some great highs and some great lows. Was that up there with the most disappointing of, of days, having come so close? Yeah, it's disappointing. Um, obviously, it's such a massive competition. Um, it's one I've been part of a great team over the years and enjoy great success. And um, It's never easy losing in knockout stages. Um, you know, It was great coming back here to the Aviva. I, mean, I haven't been here in quite a while on the pitch. Um, quite emotional, um, but yeah, bitterly disappointed to finishing the quarter-final stage. Ultimately, had you guys just given yourselves a little too much of a mountain to climb with, with some real indiscipline in that first half in particular? Yeah, you can't do that. I particularly know penalties in crucial positions in front of the post. You know, you're giving the opposition, you know, Ferdinand's to D and he's kicked the points. Um, but, you know, we got a, we had a hard look at ourselves at half-time. Um, yeah, that discipline cost us greatly at the end of the game, you know, when we're trying to fight back that margin against a quality team like Leinster. But, um, yeah, we've got to hold our heads up and get back to the Premiership now where we're competing to win a title over there. But in many ways, Bath played all the rugby out there today, didn't they? Leinster didn't really look like scoring a try apart from that Kirchner effort in the corner and it just would have taken one more bit of genius maybe from George Ford and you'd be in the semi-finals. Yeah, you look at it like that, I suppose. You know, Leinster experience in the knockout stage of this competition and, you know, cup rugby, you know, you've got to be smart about it. And uh, like we've spoken about, those penalties that killed us um, and just left too much for us to do. Yeah, you know, we're trying to play a... A running style of rugby, and um, you know we showed glimpses of it here today, um, but it just wasn't enough at the end of the day. Yeah. Do you think, from what you've seen up close and personal with Leinster today, that if it is Toulon, for example, if they do get over Wasps tomorrow, that Leinster have the capacity to trouble a team like Toulon in the south of France in the semi-final? Yeah, I think so. It's you know obviously Toulon are extremely difficult to beat out there. You know I've been over there uh, and been beaten, and, and, and it's such a physical, tough place to go and play with the crowd and the atmosphere, but. Yeah, you know, Leinster are, like I said, are smart in this competition. You know, if you can minimise the penalties and play the play the ball in the right areas of the pitch, there you're, you're going to shout. You know, so um, yeah, we just wanted to do that today. You know, try and get into the Leinster half and then uh, see what happens. You know, rather than playing too much in our own half. And if Leinster do that next week, if Toulon come through it, then you know it's anyone's game. But it's a, it's a massive challenge for them. And finally, Peter, that's your final European appearance for Bath. We still don't know where you're going to be playing next season. But is there your man who looks like he's refusing to hand, hang up the boots? Is there plenty more to come? Yeah, absolutely. Like I. You know, I feel really good. Um, obviously, I'd like to be starting today. I'd like to have more than 15, 20 minutes. But it's, um, you know, I still have that ambition. I still feel really good. So, um, yeah, you know, playing in an atmosphere like this and on a stage like this, you know, why would you want to stop? And, you know, as long as the, the body and mind are in sync, then I'll, then I'll keep going. Hard luck today. Thanks for your time. Cheers. Thank you. That was Peter Stringer talking to Dave. And as I mentioned earlier, Dave also spoke to O'Connor and Heaslip. Jamie, what a battle. Ultimately, when it comes round... When you're picking through the embers of the game, was it just that sort of old experience that got you over the line? Uh, in one way, yes. In another way, no. Um, 
you know, I suppose experience the backer drill in, in those tight situations um, paid off in certain certain places. I thought uh, when we got inside, they're 10, 30 metres away from their line, we, we applied a lot of pressure and I think we got a lot of return. That's where most of our penalties came. But, you know, we went 10 points ahead and, and um, you know, we were, we were applying a lot of pressure. But then, you know, we make some make some errors uh, without the ball. And, and I, you know, in our conversation earlier in the week, we said you make a mistake against this side. But the players they have, they punish you, and that's exactly what they did. Um, a lot of missed tackles out there today. And against guys like Eastwood and Jonathan Joseph, Anthony Watson, yeah. it's probably only going to end up in the one place. And, you know, they, they punished us twice. They got two. They got a couple of clean line breaks. They... They, um, and they, they punished us twice with two tries. Um, I thought we were unlucky maybe not to go through a couple of phases and get our own scores. But, um, you know, we held on to the right, literally to the end. <laughs> literally, literally to the end. And I, I couldn't be prouder of them. But, like, you know, we know going forward we have a, geez, we have a lot to work on, uh, especially in the next round against the two potential sides that are, that are going to be there. And... Uh, We've got, another, we've got another huge game in our league as well next week, so um, this that time of the season, you know, just roll the sleeves up and go to work. One stage it was 15-5, and you guys were playing a penalty advantage. You opted to keep the ball in hand and try and get a try. Zane Kirchner wasn't too far away from getting what would have been Lenser's yeah. first try. Had that ball just been dropped and you guys kicked yourselves into an 18-5 lead, do you think that might have been the end of it? Yeah, you know, it's but some maybes really, you know. Uh, when you get a penalty advantage... You like to think that the rest will let you play that advantage, and if anything comes of it, it comes of it. And if it doesn't, you go back to the, the penalty. Um, I, I, I don't have photographic memory right now to, to see how far we went, and sometimes it goes for you, and sometimes it hasn't. You know, we've scored a lot of tries off penalty advantage over the over the years, over the games. Um, but yeah, that's all if puts and maybe's, and, and, and I'm sure it's a conversation when, you know, we're all going to have to have with uh, the coaches when we when we sit down after this. It's the third time in seven European games this season that Ian has kicked or scored all of Leinster's yeah. points which maybe just gives you an illustration as to the way those games have gone if you're going to win this competition you'll need to open things up a bit won't you and get a couple of tries yeah to be honest I thought you know we got into try scoring situations but got rewarded with a penalty instead um, yeah, you know we can only play what's given to us, really, and, and uh, that's what was kind of on the plate. You know, I don't care if, if, if we win by two points and kick them all or, or win by, by one point and scored all the tries. You know, I just care about winning. You know, we've got to put ourselves in a situation. We've got to play the game that's in front of us. And, and today and, and other games in this competition, that's been the game that's in front of us. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's class to play out there. 43, four, I think it's, what, 43,000 fans uh, coming down it was like driving down to the game it's like a bloody you know wave of blue just come crashing down the Aviva and, and I don't know about you but it was just absolutely electric to play out there and, and you know coming into the last 10 minutes when we were I, like, I was out on my feet man you know we were just defending hard they've got big runners really good defensive line and, and, and they're the people that got us through for the last 10 you got it done well done <laughs> cheers thanks a million Matt ultimately all that matters is the result but how, did you, how would you have assessed the performance today I thought we were very good first half. I thought we um, we dominated large parts of it. We, we we took our points when they were on offer, and and you know a couple of a couple of defensive errors gave them soft points. But um, I thought across the course of it, we were probably the better side. You know, it's it's tiny margins at this level at, at the top end of Europe, and you know you could easily lose the game. But I thought you know the composure and the nerve that we showed throughout the contest probably put us in a pretty good place to to get the result. You just can't buy experience, as the old saying goes, but it is true for a reason. That last five minutes, the amount of guys who've three Heineken Cup medals under their belts, so that's when it tells, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. You know, it's 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 very very important. I think Redden was was massive. You know, in those in those exchanges at the end of the game, the, the scrum, 
um, was was first class, and all 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 all, um, all six front rowers did a fantastic job in that regard for us. We knew we knew we might get a little bit of pay out of that, you know, with a couple of injuries that Bath had going into the game, and and I thought we worked very hard at, at, at putting the pressure on and, and squeezing them up front. In terms of improving on that defensive display for the games to come, both in the Pro 12 and in Europe, where was it that you think went wrong? They did seem to slice through the middle a couple of times, particularly Rob missed a big tackle on forward for the first try, and I guess you could probably paint, paint a picture of a, a whole number of places where it didn't go to, quite according to plan. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the two line breaks where they where they got their scores was was probably the, the, the two biggest issues. And, you know, Bath play that that shape. They, they you know, we prepped it a squillion times during the week. It was it was going to be one of those that, that let us down. And, you know, unfortunately, 40 picked off the tight forwards and, and we were a little bit lateral on both occasions. Um, but beyond that, I thought we were pretty good. We were pretty rock solid and, and you know, we worked really hard to, to minimise the opportunities that they had ball in hand. And, you know, we, we controlled it for large parts. You know, they had a, they had a couple of unstructured opportunities from, from kick chase. And, but, but by and large, I thought you know we, we, we managed the contest and the arm wrestle um, you know satisfactorily to, to get the points. Did you feel that you created enough, or was it a game whereby they infringed so often that maybe you were almost restricted in that regard because you had penalties to kick at the post? Yeah, I mean that was probably the you know that was probably the the, the case with um, there was one in the first half where, where we probably needed to score I thought with an advantage and and Kirshner's early second half I thought we had a we had a double or a triple advantage you know for the Kirshner one and did the referee play long enough there do you think? Oh yeah, he he, he plays a good advantage you know I wouldn't be critical of that. Uh, you'd like him to come back to the penalty when you don't score, but um, but he didn't do that, and um, you know, and that was that was probably a turning point. You know, that that was a, a turning point. I thought, and we had a couple of inaccurate kicks in the second half that gave them field position and a fantastic, fantastic um, territory finder from George Ford that that certainly kept them in the game. And you know, I thought he was outstanding again today, and um, you know, he's he's certainly um, he's certainly stepping up to the plate. Um, in relation to, to the quality tens around. What sort of a week was it like for you? Because everywhere I looked and read and listened, people were talking about this as a, a game that would define the term of Matt O'Connor here at Lancer. How, how much pressure was on you this week? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the same pressure as every week, to be honest. Like, it doesn't, doesn't change too much week on week. You know, the reality is that the environment expects a, a performance and a result, and, and that's the game we're in. And, you know, it was, it was never going to be about me. It was going to be about, you know, reintegrating the lads and, and making sure that we could... You know, we could be accurate enough to, to get the win and, and stay alive in this competition. Finally, Matt, you're exactly where you want to be in with a chance at the top four of the Pro 12 into a European semi-final. But if you're going to win either or both of those competitions, I think everyone will answer probably accept that you need massive improvement. Is that improvement, sufficient improvement in this group? Can you do that? I'll tell you in a few weeks. You know, I mean, there's 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 growth in the boys back in a, in a good mental and physical space. There's there's growth in the sense that we got a good head a good hit out today. We didn't get anyone banged up and or injured. So you know, there's there's growth in that regard. And you know, to to play a game of that intensity and come out the other side um, is it can only be positive. Great, thanks so much. So that was Jamie Heaslip and Matt O'Connor after the win over Bath. Um, that's it for the Monday rewind. Oshin is back in the hot seat next week. I'm Raf Giallo and happy Easter. The Monday Rewind.